Good day. Welcome to Partakers and back to our series Aha! Heroes and Heretics Abound. Together we are looking at the story of the church from its origins through to the age of reasoning in the 18th century. Last time we started looking at the monastic revival in the Middle Ages and today we continue looking there. During this time there was a growing restlessness. Some people were starting to think about separating the church from the institutional monarchies, particularly in England. But we start with a group called the Scholastics. The papal reforms in the 11th to 13th centuries saw a rise in the interest in education. The great cathedral schools surpassed the monastic schools by the 12th century. The universities arose from these cathedral schools. Universities such as Oxford, Cambridge and Paris date back to this period. At the time, all education was in the hands of the church. The great thinkers were monks and the clergy. There were great debates over theology and philosophy with many attempts to harmonize the thinking of Greek philosophers such as Aristotle with theology. Two such people we will look at are Anselm and Aquinas. Firstly, Anselm. He was born in Italy in the year 1033 and he was raised in Normandy. Prior to becoming the Archbishop of Canterbury in the year 1093, he was a Benedictine monk, teacher and abbot before coming on to continue his church career in England. He is renowned as a great philosopher and theologian and during his time as Archbishop saw that the church was at least partly independent from the civil government. This was very radical for its time. He was such a reformer even before the Reformation to come and he worked to suppress the slave trade. One of the things amongst many which we as 21st century church remember Anselm for is his theory of satisfaction of the atonement. The theory where God becoming man in the birth of Jesus Christ, the incarnation, guaranteed relief from God's demands for strict divine justice. Anselm is also renowned for being the first to use the ontological argument for the existence of God through philosophy, rationality and logic in his book Proslogion. He did this on the basis of that than which nothing greater can be conceived, or if it could exist in the mind, it could therefore exist in reality. If it only existed in the mind, then something or someone greater is possible, one which exists in both mind and reality. And you can read more about it in his works, which are freely available online. And now we go to someone completely different, someone very important, for his time. Thomas Beckett. He was born in the year 1118 to a middle-class family. He was very well educated, including a time at the University of Paris. Beckett was integrated into the household of the then Archbishop of Canterbury, Theobald, and he did indeed complete several missions for him. In the year 1154, Beckett was ordained as a deacon and appointed Archdeacon of Canterbury. With this ordination by Theobald and the king, Henry II, Becket would have expected to represent their interests vocally. 
Following the death of Theobald in the year 1161, King Henry II was hoping to stunt the demand for separation of church and state, as well as cutting back on the power of the church. With this in mind, Becket was quickly ordained a priest in the year 1162, before shortly becoming Archbishop of Canterbury. Despite opposition from King Henry II and others, Thomas Becket endeavoured to make the church independent of the government, independent of the monarchy, very radical for its time. He took a form of asceticism upon himself, resigned from working for the king, and Becket put all his efforts and work into the interests of the church alone. This, of course, led to frequent clashes with the English monarchy under Henry II. It subsequently led to his exile in the year 1164. Upon his return to England in the year 1170, he excommunicated several bishops who had opposed him. Later that year, he was killed in the cathedral by four knights under orders of King Henry II. That's it for this time. Next time in our series, Aha, we will continue to look at the Middle Ages with a brief look at the one of the supreme thinkers of the historical church, Thomas Aquinas, as well as looking very briefly to the East and the Eastern Orthodox Church. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk where every day there is something new to encourage your walk as a Christian in the 21st century. See you later.